Milwaukee. You're listening to On the Tee with Gabe Neitzel and Stephen Watson on 94.5 ESPN. Presented by Annex Wealth Management and Fairways of Woodside. Special edition of On the Tee. Catch us usually Mondays from 6 until 7 on 94.5 ESPN. Streaming with Wisconsin On Demand and get your podcast wherever you get your podcasts. You can find On the Tee with Wisconsin On Demand as well. He's Stephen Watson. I'm Gabe Neitzel. Live from the American Family Insurance Championship in Madison at University Ridge Golf Course. And we are excited to be joined by Jim Buheim, who is the Community and Social Impact Officer. Um, Let's let's start with the charitable aspect of this because as fun as much fun as we have coming out here and talking about the incredible field that's that's out there, the amount of money that this tournament has raised to me is unbelievable. Where where did the I mean, and a lot of these tournaments have the charitable aspect. When you came on board, what were the goals that you had from a charity aspect? has heard um, you know Jack Salisweight all our chair and CEO his story of connecting with Steve to try to bring professional golf back to the state of Wisconsin on an annual basis so certainly that was a goal but it wasn't it clearly wasn't just about the golf it in and at its core this tournament has been about charity and we saw the golf tournament as another way to both invest in our company um, you know we get some pretty good lift and pretty good brand benefit out of this tournament as well, but also to be able to invest in a way that brings new value to the community that goes above and beyond just regular charity. We already have our own corporate foundation. This is a way to make an impact in the community above and beyond that. There's a charitable impact, but there's a big economic impact as well. That's been a a focus of the tournament since it started back in, in 2016. Half the proceeds going to American Family Children's Hospital, but the other half go into um, now more than 100 organizations a year who are doing great things um, in this part of the state as well. Did you guys have a target in mind when you started this in 2016? I, I would imagine you've surpassed it, but did you have a target in mind, and, and where or how much are you expecting to raise this year? Yeah, so I, I'll start with the, with the first part. Um, in, the, in our very first year, um, we told the PGA Tour we'd, we'd really like to raise a half a million dollars this year. And the tour said... Well, that seems a little high for the first year of a tournament. That's something that usually takes tournaments a few years to get to that, that level. We were nearly a million dollars in year one. Unbelievable. So we were, we were, double, we were double that, and, and that kind of, I think, recalibrated us. Um, and, you know, over the first five years, we've, av- we've done $10.2 million. So we're averaging about $2 million. That got bumped a little bit last year. We didn't actually have the tournament, so we took – what's normally about a $3 million investment in the tournament, and we just gave that to the Stricker Foundation and turned it over to charity. So that, that elevated a bit, but you know the $2 million um, average is probably what we're shooting for this year. It's a little scaled back yet because of still coming out of the, the pandemic, but we'd love to hit that $2 million uh, charitable figure this year if we can. We're talking with uh, Jim Buheim. He is the Community and Social Impact Officer This at the American Family Insurance Championship on the TESPN Wisconsin. Those numbers I am amazed by, but also uh, so many different you know, charitable aspects have their, you know, like a charity golf tournament, a scramble, what have you. And it never ceases to amaze me the charitable aspects 
of the people of the state of Wisconsin. Like, people are so willing. They, they love this event, and they're willing to help get that number to where you guys want to go. We, you know, we just shared a story. I think um, one of the local stations did this about one of our volunteers who's never played golf, never lifted a golf club, doesn't understand the game of golf, uh, isn't a golf fan. But she's volunteered here every year because she had a granddaughter who was served by the American Family Children's Hospital. And she knows this tournament is raising money for that hospital. And, they're, you know, they're doing, you know, they're in, doing pretty incredible things uh, right here in our hometown. It's one of the very best children's hospitals in all the country with, um, you know, they're one of the dream team hospitals when it comes to pediatric cancer research. They have some of the best pediatric cardiac care in the country again right here in our hometown so there are definitely you know people who are showing up for that there there are people who showing up for steve stricker jelly jerry kelly andy north uh because they want to support their hometown heroes um but the fact that they can enjoy golf cheer on some legends that they've seen in their lifetime and contributed some to some great local causes it really means a lot to people you mentioned those three names and in addition to being great golfers and great supporters and donating their time and money. They're just three good humans. I mean, how important is that in what you guys have accomplished here? See, Yeah, seriously, you think about each of those three, and I, I'd say Andy, Steve would say that Andy set an example for him. So Andy's been raising money for the Carbone Cancer Center oh, for years. Yeah. Um, and he's going he's gonna to do another event this year as he opens up a, a new course uh, up in the Dells. And, and so that figure is going to get even higher. Then obviously you've got Steve um, with this tournament being the player host, our $10 million for charity. But, you know, Jerry's connected with Exact Sciences and Cologuard and Cancer Research, and he's helped help, help hosting a tournament down in Tucson, Arizona every May. And there's a big cancer, um, you know, beating cancer component of that tournament as well. So just to see our three hometown champions, you know, Working so hard on these special causes is, is terrific. Talking with Jim Buheim, Community and Social Impact Officer at the American Family Insurance Championship here on ESPN Wisconsin and on the T. Um, with this event, you were kind of telling us briefly how you got involved. And I guess I was taken aback. You're like, oh, yeah, I came on. And, and then I hired Nate Polkrass, who we just talked to earlier. And 11 months later, we put on a golf tournament. It seems like it should be more complicated than that, Jim, than just, oh, I hired this guy. And 11 months later, we put on a golf tournament. That seems like a short timeline. We, you know, I started in the fall of uh, 2013. And in the fall of 2014 is when conversations, for me at least, began in earnest with the PGA Tour champions. I'd met Steve before. And we were trying to decide how do we act. We'd already formed a foundation with them, but we didn't really have a good plan or strategy as to how we we're going to activate that foundation. And we then began to hone in on this idea of a golf event. And it probably it took several months to get us there with the PGA Tour champions. But by probably May of 2015, we'd landed. And then it was a decision of do we start in 2016 before Steve is 50 or do we wait until he's 50? And... Um, we decided, let's start in 2016. We announced in June of 2016. Steve said, hey, I, I know somebody who I think could do a great job with this. We interviewed a couple people, some really good candidates, but Nate Pokras came out, and we hired him. I think he started, like, July 1 of, of 2015. And, yeah, he put on a golf event in 11 months. You, you get somebody like him and his dedication, which you heard and saw, you know, in your interview with him, 
We've got great partners here at the University of Wisconsin, U Ridge. Um, another great uh, partner in H&S Sports. They do golf logistics for a number of events. The Memorial is their, is their main golf tournament. So we were able to tap into some experience that made it sound you know, easier than it was, <laughs> but, uh, but still, you know, to be able to pull that off in 11 months' time was uh, pretty remarkable. When you pulled that off in 11 months and you fast forward to today or this week when you announced that you're going to be extending this now for another seven years, like where does your mind go? It, a lot of places. Um, I mean, one, you know, we're, we're averaging, you know, $2 million a year in charity. Can we take that up to 4 or $5 million in charity? I think you guys have been out the, at the course, um, you know, in a normal year, 17's got a big build out. But I'd love to see us. Can we extend it up to the T? Because that's the type of fan and, and sponsor uh, support we get. We have a great build around 18, but, you know, can we do more? There are some tournaments that do double deck skyboxes and chalets. I'd love to see that here. I'd love to see the, the build out at 14 again where we're, we're providing great amenities for fans. We're providing a great environment for them to see golf. And all these things are also helping us raise more money for charity. That, that just says we're talking with uh, Jim Buheim, the Community and Social Impact Officer at the American Family Insurance Championship here on ESPN Wisconsin and on the tee. That seems crazy to me because when you're saying, oh, some places do a double-decker, those are PGA Tour tournaments. <laughs> like, the PGA Tour champions, it's a fantastic tour. I love that it's here. But that's the type of support you guys are getting. When I watch a regular PGA Tour champions event, and this is pre-pandemic, of course, like, they're... There is some fan support, but not the fan support you're, that's, that's going to support a double-decker, but yet that's what you guys think you can do here, and, and, and which, think, is, which is awesome. Uh, thank you. And I, <laughs> I think it's, you know, I, I don't think it's outlandish. I, you know, I think if we'd have said in 2015, hey, we're going to do $10 million in our first five years, we probably wouldn't have gotten a lot of thumbs up. They, you know, people would have said, hey, that's great if you can do it, but I'm not sure they would have thought that that was realistic to do. You know, we've... we've probably spent more time looking at other PGA Tour events than we have other PGA Tour Champions events in terms of how we model things after. And the John Deere Classic down in the Quad mm -hmm. Cities is, is, is one that we probably look at the most. A little smaller area, Midwest, um, they really engage the community fully uh, to make it happen. They have a big charitable component, and they're, they're building some pretty big stuff. And not, you know, it's not a huge urban area. It's maybe a little bigger than, than Madison, but if we can start to extend this to more of the state and, uh, you know, get back to real travel and, um, you know, true normalcy, you know, we think we can have a, um, an event that attracts everybody from across the state, even from the, the, you know, the upper Midwest to come here. I envision 17 maybe potentially looking like uh, the Phoenix Open. Can we get that? <laughs> at least, I think at least half of it. For us to do the full enclosure could be a, a logistical challenge. I there. want the yelling, the screaming. I want all of it. We, and, and Nate, I don't know if Nate shared this with you, but you know, we tell the volunteers, there, put your signs up. Try to you know, keep it to a dull roar, but don't tell people to stop having fun. Don't shush anybody. The players know it's a party. The players know it's supposed to be a lively atmosphere, and so they don't, they don't mind. They don't complain about it. They, they far prefer that type of environment to not having people out here. That's interesting. We were talking with Nate earlier and asking him about the Bryson and, and Brooks drama that's going on the PGA Tour. I mean, what's it like dealing with these guys on the Champions Tour? Does it make your job easier just because they've 
they're, they seem to be a little bit more relaxed with that type of stuff? I, I think uh, definitely. And they, um, you know, there's a, there's a level of gratitude that exists um, with these players. They're grateful for the life they've had on the regular tour. And while, you know, they still have the opportunity to make a really nice income in their 50s and maybe in their 60s, I think they look at this as much as a, as a way to give back. I mean, they treat the title sponsor as, they, as highly revered. They're very appreciative of us putting on this event. They're willing to go above and beyond. You know, Pro-Am is a big part of our charitable component. And they couldn't, you know, those players couldn't be more gracious hosts of the four AMs that they're playing with because the quality of play from those groups can swing pretty dramatically from the 25 handicapper down to the maybe the two handicapper. Jim, thank you so much for the time. We appreciate you jumping on, giving us a little bit more on the American Family Insurance Championship. It's such a great event. Uh, and we're having fun being out here, and it's it's easy to see that you're having fun doing what you do with and the so Championship It's so fun to see fans well. again around yeah. the game. It's just so fun. You can see how much it means to, you know, it's, it's filling up here in Madison. It's it says great. a lot about what you guys have done here. Love joining you guys. Thanks so much for the invite. Yeah. That is Jim Buheim, Community and Social Impact Officer, American Family Insurance. We're at the American Family Insurance Championship. More from the AmFam championship at university ridge golf course with on the tee next on espn wisconsin no ifs ands or putts there's more on the tee with gabe and steven coming up on 94.5 espn stations this is on the tee with gabe neitzel and steven watson on 94.5 espn presented by annex wealth management and fairways of woodside was I a fool to let you break down my walls? Having a fun time at the American Family Insurance Championship, University Ridge Golf Course here in Madison, special edition of On the Tee with Stephen Watson. I'm Gabe Knight. So catch us Monday nights from 6 until 7, but a big professional tournament going on. Of course, we were going to make our way out here for one round like we are today. Um, Miguel Angel Jimenez, still your leader at 7 under par, but Jerry Kelly birdieing the first hole so he is now just one back at six under par and steve stricker back-to-back birdies at two and three has put stricker uh in a no he at, eagled uh, four, two. Oh, he eagled two excuse me so he eagles two and he is now at four under par we were we were talking about number two how it's gettable you just where that pin is located you got to hit a heck of a second shot steve stricker one of the best putters on the pga tour let alone the champions tour so uh, we'll, we'll look forward to that TV coverage from two to four to maybe see uh, what he did there. So it's a it's a packed field here. Again, six World Golf Hall of Famers, sixteen players with a major victory, twenty four players with a PGA Tour Champions major victory, and we were just talking with Jim Buheim, who is the Community and Social Impact Officer at American Family Insurance, kind of giving us a history of the event, all the charitable aspects, and one of the biggest charitable aspects that he mentioned were the uh, programs that they do. You know, where the Amherst come out, get to play with the pro. If you could pick one pro in the field to be a part of the Pro-Am with, what pro are you taking? In the current field or anybody that may have uh, withdrawn after their first and round? That he, <laughs> he played in the Pro-Am, so he still counts. I think it's hard not to want to play with Steve Stricker, but just for the stories that I think I could share, John Daly. It's got to be JD, right? Like, I, I mean, even Just the experience of playing 18 holes with John Daly, I think that would be one. I actually had a buddy who played in this Pro-Am a couple of years ago. Okay. Last minute invited, and he played with Miguel Angel. Angel Jimenez 
and he said it was one of the most enjoyable golf experiences because Miguel likes to bet. <laughs> they were betting on Spanish reds on par threes. Closest to the pin for a Spanish red, they were betting in a pro-am <laughs> against each other. And my buddy, I, I'm sure he won't mind me sharing this story. He, uh, he actually, on a par three, put it on the green. Jimenez missed. And Jimenez looked right at his caddy. Yeah. He's like, my caddy gave me the wrong number. <laughs> that was a terrible Spanish accent. I don't even know what that was. Just but throw his, throws his caddy under the bus. That was like my Russian accent. Yeah. However you do a Spanish accent. He said, my caddy, my caddy gave me the wrong number. And my buddy, sure enough, got a delivery of Spanish red. Wow. That is awesome. And that's, like, to me, and you have guys that were, I mean, Bernhard Longer, the, the career that he's had on PGA yeah. Tours champion, uh, PGA Tour champions has been unbelievable. And I think it's a little bit more competitive with guys grinding it out maybe than it was 10, 15 years ago. Uh, because, again, the winner gets $360,000. It's not PGA Tour money. And this is, by the way, the highest purse for any non-major on the PGA Tour champions. It says a lot about this tournament. It says a lot about this tournament. Uh, but the, the number of guys that they have coming each and every year is awesome. And as Jim mentioned, so many of them are appreciative. I feel like the Pro-Am here, and I've, I've been fortunate enough to play in some of the Pro-Ams for the Symmetra Tour, and they've been fantastic. The ladies that are a part of that tour are great, but at the same time, they're still grinding, and I think that means just a little bit more to them because they're trying to get to the LPGA Tour. You know, and if you get on the PGA Tour, the LPGA Tour, then you're kind of grinding to keep your card, whereas I feel like a Champions Tour Pro-Am is just going to be a little bit more relaxed, a little bit more fun. You're bet betting Spanish red on the par threes. Like, I, I just feel that that, and, and there are, I, I wish, like, Scalzo or Brust were here because they played on Thursday. It just seems like an unbelievably good time, and it makes sense why this event has been able to raise the money that they've been able to raise in its first five years in existence. These golfers have seen it all. Right? We're talking about six World Golf Hall of Famers that are in the field. Could you imagine getting paired with Ernie Els or Bernard Lang? Like the stories that they could share with you on a golf course? Yeah. I mean, Fred Couples would be a lot of fun to play with, I yeah. think. Retief Goosen out here. I mean, it's uh, the opportunity potentially to play with Andy North, who is one of the most likable guys you'll ever meet. Jerry Kelly. I mean, hometown guys. Who did Scalzo and Russ play with? I don't know. I don't know who they were paired with, um, but it just seems like an unbelievably good time. I think Homer got paired with one year that he played out here. I think he played, did he play with Ken Duke or Larry Mize, someone like that, and it just had a great time. You know, yeah. a name that isn't as big as some of the ones that we've mentioned, but it's still just an unbelievably fun time because of how embrace it, like how the pros have embraced that as part of the tournament week. It's very relaxed the opportunity to play with these guys. Like, these guys are super relaxed. They've seen it all. They don't really... They've played enough pro-ams to not care about how good or bad of a golfer you probably are. Yeah. But when you stand on a tee box and you're standing next to Ernie Els, you're standing next to Bernard Langer, Vijay Singh, Ratif Goosen, Steve Stricker, Andy, whoever. Whoever. What are you doing with that first tee shot? Uh, I'm going to say it's a big block left for me as a lefty. <laughs> Like, uh, just kind of getting stuck on the downswing and just trying to swing way too hard, and it just blocks big high left. Gabe, you've played with me enough to know that I, I have a very fast swing speed. Um, 
I might break a record with how <laughs> how quick I would take my club back because I would be so anxious to make contact with that golf ball. There is no way that my ball is not sailing off to the right. We're blocking just different directions. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's what happens. You're a righty. I'm a lefty. And it's because especially like if, if I were, if my dream happened and I'm playing in the Pro-Am with J.D., like I want to hit it long. I want J.D. to go, oh. Yeah, you can hit it out there. You know, like you want to impress the pro. Yeah, of course. Are you kidding me? An opportunity to, you know, stick one close with, with a pro? I mean, then you three-putt. Yeah, three-putt, whatever. The swing is the thing that's most important. Uh, if you have an opportunity, you can still come out. I'm sure there are tickets available. Or if you can't come out today or tomorrow, if this will be on the Golf Channel from 2 until 4 p.m. Uh, again, the leader, Miguel Angel Jimenez, is 7 under par. Jerry Kelly, 6 under par after birdieing his opening hole. More on the tee coming up next from the American Family Insurance Championship at University Ridge Golf Course on ESPN Wisconsin. Forget about changing that dial. More on the tee with Gabe and Steven next on 94.5 ESPN. Demand. The new Wisconsin On Demand. All your favorite 94.5 ESPN content for free. Check it out wherever you get your podcast today. For It's On the Tee with Gabe Neitzel and Stephen Watson on 94.5 ESPN. Presented by Annex Wealth Management and Fairways of Woodside. Love it when people think it doesn't take mad skill to hit it 400 yards between two greenside bunkers. Cause Mikey D is pro D Shambo. Pace she just don't know. Yo, take skill to beat D Shambo. Yep, D Shambo. Everybody oh, pro. Man, D Shambo. Thank you, Max. What's the terrible song? That just made my entire day. Producer Max taking care of us. I don't even know who put this out, if Bryson is the one who actually put it out, but he obviously participated if you haven't seen this video. Uh, yeah, you can find this, I guess, if you just Google Bryson DeChambeau's song if you want to watch the entire terrible music video. Is this, like, where we're trending on the PGA Tour? Like, are we going to have guys making music videos about themselves or supporting songs being written about them? Um... I mean, Bryson, yes. Like, I mean, are we, we had the, a we, terrifying point. We had the Golf Boys about a decade ago, and they came out with their song and, and they raised some money for charity. Was that a decade ago? Yeah, that was like 2011. That was, it was a while ago. Wow. And I'll never unsee Bubba Watson's chest hair. For that video. <laughs> when Bubba's just wearing overalls, yeah, it's not great. Um, but so this is like the first golf song since like the Golf Boys almost 10 years ago. So I don't think that we're on a trend. This is on the tee. We're at the American Family Insurance Championship. You can hear Stephen Watson and myself, Gabe Neitzel, typically Monday 6 to 7 on 94.5 ESPN. So we're excited to be on both in Milwaukee and Madison here on ESPN Wisconsin. You can always podcast us, though, with Wisconsin On Demand, wherever you get your podcasts for free. Well, we're excited about being here. Um, at the American Family Insurance Championship, where Miguel Angel Jimenez leads at 700 par. Jerry Kelly won back at 600 par as they play the second hole here in round number two. But we're also excited for the one other golf event, big one happening in the state of Wisconsin at the end of September. And that is the Ryder Cup. It is 100 days away from today that the Ryder Cup will be going on up at Whistling Straits. And one of the big storylines surrounding the Ryder Cup is this rivalry between Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Kepka. And it was asked this week of these players, Ernie Els was asked about it. Clearly Steve Stricker, this is a question he's going to have to continue to answer as the Ryder Cup captain. What do you do with these two guys who very obviously do not like each other? 
and they're both obviously going to be on that Ryder Cup roster because they're two of the top 10 players in the world, let alone the United States. And this is going to be a really slippery slope for Captain Steve Stricker because you are dealing with professional athletes with egos. And you are dealing with two guys who are alpha males who believe that and you know what has made them great at the game of golf has been the confidence that they've had in themselves to get to this point. So they're going to have to rub elbows in a locker room. They might not have to be teammates. You know, we wonder if Steve will ever pair them together or if somebody pairs them together leading up to this to give us the content that we all really desperately desire. Well, Steve Stricker told Wisconsin.golf in a story that Gary D'Amato did that he's heard rumors that the USGA may pair those two together, Bryson and Brooks, at next week's U.S. Open at Torrey Pines, that they could play the first two rounds together. I feel bad, by the way, for whoever the third ends up being in that group. <laughs> Like, who do you put in there? Do you just put, like, some random amateur, some yeah. random U.S. Open qualifier? You just don't have put them? anyone. <laughs> just give us – I would pay the primetime money that I paid to watch Tiger and Phil yuck it up on a golf course for, you know, $9 million that Phil won. I would, I would pay pay-per-view style money to watch those two play 18 holes in a competitive golf tournament. Are we building this up too much in our head, though? Of oh, yeah, 100%. So, because what I'm really worried about right now at this point with the Bryson DeChambeau-Brooks Kepka rivalry is if we get what we want and the USGA, on Monday, I said if the USGA did not pair these two up at the US Open that they're cowards, <laughs> right? Like, I called the USGA cowards if they didn't do this. And... It's, and Steve Stricker, who obviously is plugged in, is, is hearing whispers that they might actually do it. Yeah, do we desire this too much? Am I going to be disappointed with what happens on Thursday and Friday with those two? Well, let me ask you this, Gabe. Like, in your mind, yes. what is the perfect scenario? Are they, like, competing to win the U.S. Open together? Or are they just getting to the point where we might have fists coming out at well, Torrey Pines? I mean... Ultimately, if we got a Happy Gilmore, Bob Barker showdown, I think that's just great for everybody involved. Um, obviously, that's not going to happen. But I just, in my mind, I'm picturing like Bryson hitting a drive like he did at Bay Hill earlier this year, where he just bombs it, right? Like, there's no big pond to bomb it over at Torrey Pines, but he just bombs a big one. Let's let's the longest hole in the course, which is I think the 13th of par 5 over 600 yards. He just bombs when it pipes it. And he just does something stupid like he did after he hit that one where he threw his arms up in celebration telling it to go. I want to see what Brooks' reaction to that is because I don't think that Brooks can hold back whatever the reaction is. Like, I want Bryson to do something that makes Brooks react. I picture Brooks after that moment you know, just crushing a drive as well. And doing, like, the sword or something with his driver. Just throwing just the sword in his pocket. <laughs> I just want to see, because I think Brooks will try to play it cool, but then he won't. He is very obviously so annoyed by Bryson DeChambeau's mere existence that when that video came out that had over a million views on Twitter of him giving the interview after the second round of the PGA Championship at Kiwa Island, it starts with him out of the corner of his eye seeing Bryson is approaching, and he already rolls his eyes then, and then rolled his eyes so far in the back of his head when he heard Bryson talking about how great he hit a drive and how unlucky and fortunate he got because Bryson's just so into himself that Brooks rolled his eyes so far to the back of his head, I'm surprised they came back 
so he could finish the interview. Like, I, I want to see, like, just by his mere existence and walking past, that's how much Brooks gets annoyed by this guy. I want to see them together in a grinding five-hour round of the U.S. Open to see how annoyed Brooks gets. Do you think that video, I, I, I'm thinking again about that video, Brooks rolled his eyes and, and Todd Lewis from the Golf Channel, who was interviewing him, said, oh, this one will probably go you know, viral if we post that. And he goes, honestly, I don't even care anymore. Yeah. Was that him, like, giving the okay? Do you still think it's fair that that, that video was posted to begin with? I mean, I'm glad it got posted. And, yeah, because I think the way that Brooks is reacting to it, he's saying it's great for the game of golf, so he's actually not mad that that video was put out there. So the way what I think happened, from my understanding, is I think someone from Brooks's camp or a buddy of Brooks has leaked it. Because it was, the, the rumor is Brooks asked somebody at Golf Channel, hey, can I have that? I want to share that video with my buddies. And they had it on a, a YouTube type site where you need to have the specific link in order to access it. Got it. And that's how it came out. And then the guy who posted it to Twitter was just somebody who Knew someone who had access to it, had the specific link, and then he just put it on his Twitter account before Golf Channel ultimately swooped in and, and took it away. So it's it's somebody from Brooks's camp that wasn't super careful with the link that they had, and it got somewhere to where it could be you know put out there publicly, which I don't think Brooks really cares that it got shared. No. I really don't. He's all in. He, he's all in on this. Gabe, you know what I was just thinking about? We're 100 days from the Ryder Cup. We have no idea where this story, where this story is going to go from right now, this weekend at Torrey Pines, until then. But they could actually be teammates together before then at the Olympics. Yeah, but they that's... They haven't, they haven't said no. Both of them, uh, no one has said no. And we know that when the Olympics, you know, golf made its return to the Olympics in 2016, nobody was really playing in it. Like, a lot of the stars pulled out. Yeah. Do you think one of them pulling out might say more about how they actually feel about each other? Like, do you think that there's an opportunity that we could just get this all out? But they're not really teammates. I mean, they'd both be representing the United States, but there's no real team aspect to the the golf competition at the Olympics. It's, it's just a regular... It's like a PGA Tour event, but instead of getting money, you get a gold, silver, or bronze medal if you finish first, second, or third. I suppose. They're representing the country, though, right? I mean, they're, they're, wearing they're, wearing the, they're wearing the colors, but they're not really teammates. Like, they're not going to have to interact the way that they would have to yeah, a little playing. bit if they're playing at the Ryder Cup. And it would be a mistake if Steve Stricker put them together to play an actual round together at the Ryder Cup because you don't want your own team to implode at like, – I don't want to give away free points because those two just aren't able to handle playing with one another. Even though it would be awesome to see Brooks hit a sideways, excuse me, Bryson hit a sideways drive, an alternate shot, and Brooks just, you know, say every curse word under the sun as he's walking to the ball, just blaming Bryson for putting him in a bad spot. Is there any chance that, like, we're just all getting punked in this whole thing? I don't and, like, think so. Like, they're going to end up being teammates, and they're psyching out the European side right now by the European side being like, how could you possibly put these two together? We got this, and then they come out and win. No, I know. I don't think that, I don't think we're being punked. I don't think you can fake this. Like, honestly, you have to keep those two apart, which would be easy enough to do. And Brooks said as much this week during his media availability at the PGA Tour event, where I mean, there's eight guys out on the golf course at any given time for your team. 
and then there are four that are sitting. You can easily make sure that those two aren't really interacting to upset any balance that you have if you're Steve Stricker for Team USA. I just picture them bumping shoulders, walking past each other in the Kohler parking lot. (laughs) I know Bryson's bigger, but I see Brooks as the one who, like, throws the shoulder and Bryson just kind of wears it and kind of gets jarred and set back a little bit. It is a great story, and I am getting to the point where I'm just a hair concerned that I'm building it up too much in my head. The rivalry is real. The conflicts are real. But them being paired together, ultimately, the dream is that they're in a final pairing of a major somewhere. Torrey Pines would be fun. I also think that this story is going to take another level at the match because we've heard Brooks talk about this publicly and put together you know, these Michelob Ultra ads. We still haven't heard a whole lot from Bryson about it. You know, he kind of deferred to the PGA Tour, like, they'll handle this. I want to hear four guys mic'd up in Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Phil Mickelson, and Bryson. Brooks' name is going to be brought up at some point. Uh, It's going to be brought up on the first hole. And I want to see, see, like, if that makes Bryson cringe like it makes Brooks cringe. If If you could put money down, first tee of the match, July 6th, Bryson DeChambeau hits the first tee shot, and it's a good one. Does Phil Mickelson say, nice ball, Brooksy? Yeah, that, that's the easiest bet. <laughs> right? Put all your chips in the table. <laughs> like, <laughs> Phil is saying that first hole, he's going to do it. Or, even, or even, to... he might not even wait till the first tee shot. It might be like a handshake. Hey, Brooksy, great to see you. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Phil's getting it in early. Without a doubt, Phil is going to get a Brooksy reference in on Bryson DeChambeau early at the match. How much is Phil going to talk about his own candidacy for the Ryder Cup at the match, coming off the PGA Championship? I don't think that much, because he was wise enough to say, you know, when somebody brought it up to him, he was either, you know, the following week or, or during one of the press, you know, media availabilities that he had right after the he won the PGA Championship. He made it clear he wants to be on the team, but he also said. Like, just because I won this event doesn't mean that Stricker can put me on the team. I have to show that I can be more consistent and I not necessarily win another event, but show that you're competing in these events on the PGA Tour because the, especially the young talent that Team USA would have available to them for the Ryder Cup is unbelievable. Yeah. And you want to start building that up. So Phil has to prove that that wasn't just a one-week aberration, that he can show consistency and have good form going into whistling straights. And Phil knows, like, I don't think Phil's going to be campaigning for it unless he, you know, that's pretty close, and he's not going to play a ton before then. He's going to play the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines. I don't know if he plays another event before that. Maybe he just plays the match and then plays the British Open. I think you'll see Phil in Kohler in some capacity. Oh, without we'll a doubt. Phil without a doubt. As a mentor, you know, especially pending what, you know, Tiger's presence might be there as well. I know Steve Stricker has said that he's hoping to have Tiger be there if he's feeling up for it. I think that Phil is, you know, the consummate teammate, and I think that you will see him for the Ryder Cup at Whistling Straits. We will give you an updated scoreboard, or leaderboard, I should say, for the American Family Insurance Championship from University Ridge Golf Course. We'll do that coming up next. Special edition on the T on ESPN Wisconsin.
Back to the course and on the tee with Gabe and Steven after this on 94.5 ESPN. You're listening to On the Tee with Gabe Neitzel and Stephen Watson on 94.5 ESPN. Presented by Annex Wealth Management and Fairways of Woodside. He's Stephen Watson. I'm Gabe Neitzel. Where we are here at the American Family Insurance Championship, we're in, if, if you've ever been to University Ridge, uh, we're in the clubhouse, kind of in the bar, restaurant area, and I just took a step outside. I mean, a lot of people are starting to fill out. It's it's getting exciting out there, man. Like, I am really excited for all the people out there who are going to enjoy some great golf. Um, and good golf starting for Jerry Kelly, the defending champ. He has gone birdie-birdie. However, Miguel Angel Jimenez has also birdied the par five second hole, and Jerry Kelly one shot back. Uh, and Steve Stricker eagled. The second hole, and then he double bogeyed a hole we talked about earlier. The toughest on the course, the par four fourth hole. Which I still is have the nightmares toughest. about playing number four on this golf course. Nate Pograss said it was the hardest, you know, highest scoring hole on this golf course in the opening round. There's just so much trouble on that golf hole. Oh yeah, you have to hit a very, you have to hit probably your best drive of the day. Yeah, and then you're going up extreme angle, you know, to that's a blind a tiered, second shot. A tiered green, I believe that there's yeah. you know, oh, yeah. a false front, if I remember correctly. A little correctly. bit of a false front. There's kind of a shelf in the back of the green, back left of the green, a little bit of a shelf. Um, so, yeah, depending upon where the pin location is today, that can be a very, very uh, tough hole. So, right now, Fred Couples is up there at five under par. Miguel Jimenez still leading. He is at eight under par. Uh, Andy North and uh, Andy North. We teed off on 10 with John Smoltz. Andy, unfortunately, two over par. Well, John Smoltz even par at this point in the golf tournament, kind of checking in with all the Wisconsin players playing today at University Ridge Golf Course. I, as we wrap things up, I'm, I'm just so excited to be here. I'm excited to come back tomorrow. Homer and I are going to be filling in for Craig Karma's in on Sunday. Karma from 10 until noon right here on ESPN Wisconsin. It's it's so awesome to have fans back. We saw this with Pfizer Forum yeah. and, and the Bucks playoff game the other night. The Brewers later this month going to be doing a reopening day where they'll have absolutely you know packed house on a Friday afternoon later this month. And I know they're not at full capacity here this year um, because as we talked with, uh, with Nate Pokrass and as we talked with, uh, with Jim, when the planning was going on for this, there were still a lot of uncertainties which is why there's no celebrity foursome this year at the American Family Insurance Championship, so the attendance is limited. But even just to have the number of people that they out, have out there, everybody walking around, enjoying a beautiful day, enjoying some great golf, it just it makes me excited for the future of this event, which will be here for seven more years. Yeah, they said their capacity is 7,500, which is less than years past just due to COVID. Um, but this is a spread-out golf course. I mean, 7,500 yeah. can get you right on the inside, you know, pretty much inside the ropes with some of these, these players. You know, Gabe, I, I was at that Bucks game the other night, and that was really kind of the first true moment for me where I was like, we're back. You know, to hear 17,000 screaming fans in a closed environment, and then to just look out here and just see crowds of people around the golf course again. Um, you know, we waited so long, we never knew when we were going to get back to this point, but it's so fun to be here and to see... A beautiful day in Madison at a beautiful golf course with a really fun tournament with a lot of big names. And to also know that we're going to be back here 
for years to come. Yeah, it's going to be here. If you are planning on coming out, hydrate. It was, I know it was hot yesterday. We have another member of the Stricker family out there because of heat exhaustion. If you missed that story earlier, uh, obviously Steve is playing in the events. His wife, Nikki, is his caddy. Well, their daughter, Bobby, who we want to talk to at some point on this program because of her internship with the WSGA, playing also these great courses in the state of Wisconsin. She is on the bag today for her uncle, Mario Tiziani, because his caddy dealt with heat exhaustion yesterday, and Nikki jumped on that bag. Um, so uh, just a, a cool, cool thing I mean, there's six going world, on with the Stricker family. World Golf Hall of Famers out on the golf course, but you could argue that Bobby Stricker knows this course better than any single soul out here at University Ridge because she played for the Badgers. She was the top player on the team last year and knows this course inside and out. If you're planning on coming out here again tomorrow, High 88 here in Madison, so please hydrate. Make sure you kind of take care of yourself. Find some shade if, uh, if you're not feeling it. But it, it should be a great, great couple of days uh, to finish out the 2021 version of the American Family Insurance Championship. Again, six World Golf Hall of Famers, 16 players with a PGA Tour major victory, 24 players with a PGA Tour champions major victory. Usually on our show, we give... Predictions for the upcoming PGA Tour tournament. Well, this one's already going on. It's in the middle of the second round. But do you have a Gruber Law Office's one call, that's all, that you want to make on the winner of the 2021 American Family Insurance Championship? I love a good story. And Jerry Kelly winning back-to-back in his hometown. We talked about in the first hour with his mom walking every hole with him, watching and cheering from just outside the ropes. I think in the return of the AmFam, let's give it to the hometown guy. My Gruber Law Office's one call, that's all pick, is going to be Jerry Kelly to go back-to-back here at AmFam. Now, I would love to see that. That would be fantastic. I'm rooting for that to happen. But I'm looking just a little bit down. We've been focusing on Miguel Angel Jimenez, Jerry Kelly, Retief Goosen, top three names on the leaderboard. There are a couple of names that are currently three shots back. And Fred Couples, who is a past champion at this event, but my Gruber Law Officer's one-call pick is Jim Furyk. Making his debut I here. I think Furyk making his debut here is going to have a solid rest of his round today. So, so far, one under through three holes. I think he's going to have a great day tomorrow, and I think Jim Furyk is going to be your 2021 AmFam championship. Hey, we're, we're 100 days out of the Ryder Cup. You're going to go with the, uh, the vice captain. I like it. Should be a fun day. Hopefully you get out here. If you can't, you can always check it out on the Golf Channel from 2 until 4 p.m., to, uh, today and tomorrow. Thanks to everybody from the Madison team. Thanks to everybody from American Family Insurance Championship for having us out here. Again, you can typically listen to us on Monday nights on 94.5 ESPN with On the Tee from 6 until 7 p.m. or podcast it wherever you get your podcasts with Wisconsin On Demand. Enjoy the rest of your Saturday. This has been On the Tee.